You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I am so excited for a really fun-packed show today. We have with us today Ryan Andrews. Ryan is the fun guru. He is the master of fun. He is like, like, you know, the Jedi Knight with the funness. And so we're, I'm really excited to have him on today because he brings us this really cool twist to things. Um, you know, when I first met him and, and really got a chance to sit down and connect with him, it's just amazing the light that like exudes off of him and how he's able to, to really overlay things with this concept of fun. And, I, and, and I'm of the opinion that it's severely lacking currently in our society. So, so I'm all for a, a little more fun in the conversation. So I'm really excited to have him share some of that perspective with us today. So please join me in welcoming Ryan Andrews to the show. Welcome, Ryan. Well, thank you so much. And what a great uh, introduction. I, I love being uh, touted for my fun. And um, I tell you what, it was not that many years ago that I didn't know how to have fun. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm really excited to get into all of that. And let's jump right in by asking you, what are your superpowers? My superpowers are different than most people. I would call myself a spontaneous strategist. Kind Ooh. of uh, counterintuitive there, but it is. And I'm a change expert. I like it. I like it. So tell us some more about those. Well, you know, I've always, I've always loved spontaneity. I love, um, I love just kind of like receiving the world as it comes to me. But uh, at the same time, I'm very strategic in, uh, I can see the pathway down, you know, five, six, seven, eight moves ahead. And, and, and if I do this, what, what it's going to look like down there. And, and if I move here, what's going to look like over there. And, but the joy for me is in having it happen kind of like rapid fire on the move, being spontaneous. So that's kind of the, uh, the impetus for that one, as it were. And the other part is as a change expert, I realized that I love change so much and a lot of people don't like change, my sister being one. So we were raised with the same parents and uh, <laughs> she does not like change at all. She wants it to be exactly the same. She wants, you know, she has a specific way that she does it and she does not like change but I'm the opposite. I love change. And um, in the process of that, I've discovered that there is a lot of power in learning how to be flexible and, um, and really desiring change when, uh, when, it's, when staying the same is painful. Oh, absolutely. So what do you attribute that to? Why, why, you have this, why do you have this propensity for change and um, you know, perhaps others don't? What, what, what cultivated that for you? I remember... I remember early on, I'm going to say high school, um, I think it was my sophomore year, um, I had a, a teacher come up to me and he, he said, uh, Ryan, why didn't you do your homework? And I said, well, you know, I, tempted to, I, was, I was tempted to kind of do the typical high school lie and, and, oh, I was busy, I couldn't make it, I was sick, the dog ate the homework, that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, what I ended up doing is I told the truth, 100%. I was just super truthful about it. I said, you know, to be honest with me, my friends came over and they wanted to play football outside and I thought, you know what, I'm okay with getting a B in this class and um, I want to go play football. So I decided to do that instead. And the look on his face was priceless. He didn't know what to say because he knew that, yeah, I am probably going to get a B in this class and 
you're okay with the B? What do I say? I mean, he had nothing to say. And that moment, I realized that being truthful about where you're at in your situation really is, is, a, is powerful. Mm-hmm. And so the process of that is if you take that internally and you're just as truthful internally as you are externally, I think change becomes fun and easy. I really love that concept of being truthful internally. I think that um, I had a dialogue with um, our daughter, you know, we dialogue a lot about these things. And um, she, she was asking me if somebody was lying. And I said, well, you know, that's really actually more complex of a question than, than, you know, she probably realized. And so we talked a lot about how, you know, it's, there's all these different ways to explain truth, you know, through, or, or to exude that through words, through body language, through energy, you know, and, and a lot of times people aren't even all that connected within themselves to, to know whether they're even lying to themselves or not. And so, so, you know, I like, it was a really cool conversation how it unfolded to just kind of dive into what does that even mean? Like at what yeah. level do we lie to ourselves or to others? And, and can we really lie, you know, with the, the work that we do energetically? It's like, you know, anymore, I, I, I pretty vocal to tell people like, you're never the most intuitive person in a room anymore. Like, it's good <laughs> just to like, go in with that idea and feel like, you know, even if you're not doing that internal dialogue and making sure that um, in my language, you know, all your pieces and parts are kind of on board with whatever it is that you're, you're exuding at that moment, it's, it's going to be obvious to somebody. Yeah. And so for you to learn that at a younger age where it's like, wow, it's really liberating to be able to say, huh, yeah, why didn't I do that? Yeah, I guess I really just didn't want to. <laughs> you know, well, it's like, huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think there's, there's two sides of it too, right? Like, so this, this kind of borders on, on being vulnerable and being open and, with people. And I, I tell people a lot, I say, you know, there are two forms of vulnerability. There's uh, appropriate vulnerability and inappropriate vulnerability. And it's the same thing with truth and speaking truth and, and even being overly honest with yourself. Cause it's not, sometimes we, we take things a little bit too far. And here's my example. If you're standing naked in the bathroom, that's vulnerable. If you're standing naked in the grocery store, that's inappropriately vulnerable. <laughs> right? well, that's pretty clear. <laughs> right? I mean, there are definitely times where it's important that you are not overly vulnerable and it's the same thing with truth. You know, uh, facts don't have any meaning on them, uh, in and on the, of themselves. Like you can take a glass of water, right? The half full, half empty thing. And if that, that glass of water is, it has four ounces of water in it and four ounces of air, those are facts. In and of themselves, they don't have any meaning. If you just drank half of that cup, it is now half empty, <laughs> right? It has meaning to you. You, you drank half and, and you're missing that half. If you haven't had any water and you're, you're in the desert, and you're dying of thirst, that glass is half full. And, and so the, the meaning is really only ascribed to the facts. The facts themselves don't have any meaning. And the reason why this is valuable is when we're looking internally for ourselves and we're, we're trying to be honest with ourselves, sometimes we're overly honest. In, in, in my case, it was with weight. I was uh, close to 100 pounds overweight, and I used to look at myself in the mirror when I'd get out, and I would say horrible things to myself, looking good, fat ass, you know, things like that. I would I would be very mean and harsh with myself mm. when I'd look in the mirror and maybe there was truth in it. Maybe I was being honest that I was overweight. Maybe I was being honest that I didn't look uh, very attractive when I stared in the mirror, but it's inappropriately vulnerable. It's not the truth. The truth was I'm a beautiful 
wonderfully made human and my wife loves me and is attracted to me and and the other parts are just what I'm wearing. It's just what's happening in the moment. It doesn't have any in and of themselves doesn't have any specific meaning. So there's definitely a place where you can go too far with being honest with yourself and you're being overly honest or inappropriately vulnerable. Um, but it is valuable in, in being honest to the point where I could look in the mirror, same person and go, wow, right. You know, uh, it, you may want to, may want to work on this a little bit. Like maybe you want to go fix some of that. And then, and that's what I did. I ended up losing 80 pounds. So I really like the distinction that you're making in our languaging. You know, I talk a lot about the fact that the truth exists. If, if we take the, the principle that we are multifaceted or, you know, even multidimensional kind of human beings. And I, and I contend that we exist in many different places with many different pieces and parts of us that have different frequencies associated with them. And at any given time, we can do exactly what you're talking about. And it's not that it's an untruth, like you're saying. In that space, it may very well be true. However, um, what, what we train people in is how do you choose to identify with the specific frequency, therefore that specific truth in that moment that you want to identify with. And it's a level of awareness and, and, and different um, you know, dimensionalities that, that we talk about because I think it's important. Um, I quote this a lot, but Dr. Strange, you know, the, the ancient one says, you know, we never really get rid of our demons. We just learn to live above them. Mm. And it's, it's not the idea that you're never, that those parts of you, those, um, I, again, I do, I like to refer to them as pieces and parts because it helps to keep it from being really uh, personal or overwhelming. Yeah. But, but they all have those stories. And I think that internally we can do a lot of work on ourselves to, aid those stories but as a collective those stories exist you know in the media in, in, in collective consciousness in, in throughout society and so i think that we all always we always have the opportunity to drop down into them if we want to mm -hmm. we also have the opportunity to not and and so i like the overlay that you're presenting with it it's like there there are appropriate and inappropriate times to kind of dive into them and um and that presents us with choice you know where how do you want to be in that moment and and what you you tapped into was well it's a much more um powerful place to come from when you say okay got it duly noted and maybe it doesn't mean what i think it means and i do have power in this in this situation to create change are you here to change the world do you talk about things like vibration frequency awakening and consciousness are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Yeah. Um, and I think when you come from that, what you're calling inappropriately vulnerable space, it, it's a powerless position. Like it really does feel like there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and it just perpetuates that cycle. Yeah. So I think absolutely. it's a really powerful distinction that you make. Well, and one of the, the ways that I, I overcome it, because, you know, this is something that everybody battles uh, on a consistent basis. Like you say, you know, the media is constantly barraging us with 
negativity and, and uh, negative self-image and worth and all that stuff. But one of the reasons why I wrote the book Fundamental, The Transforming Power of Having Fun, was specifically because of this situation and, and learning how to just bathe it in fun. You know, if, if, you, if your intention is to enjoy your life, if your intention is to enjoy your relationships and have fun at work and have fun with your, your daily encounters in life, if that's your intention, then what happens is your decisions that you make come from a place of, hey, I want to have fun. And saying bad things to myself isn't having fun, you know, or uh, treating that other person poorly isn't having fun. Or, you know, receiving negativity and taking it internal for myself isn't having fun. And so when you bathe everything in this concept of like enjoying life and uh, being full of joy and happiness and fun, I think it gives you the opportunity to, uh, to really grow and change appropriately. I think it, I think that's so powerful. And, and when I, um, one of the things that I've been very vocal about is, as I was going through that process for myself, it was really fascinating to me, all of the various stories and stuff that were hidden really deeply inside of me, whether it be about, um, money or self-identity or image or business or, uh, you know, accomplishment, you know, I call it like whack-a-mole, like it doesn't really matter which vertical that stuff wants to come up through. And, and I found that there was a connection there between whatever I thought was ideal and, and usually it was identifying that the situation wasn't ideal and, and fun. And, and it was, and it showed up as my daughter in, in the sense of, you know, if, if I didn't have whatever the magical number was that I thought I should have in my bank account, I had an ongoing script that said I didn't deserve to stop and have fun with my daughter. Mm. Um, Self-image, uh, business, like it just didn't matter which of those verticals it wanted to jump in through. It kind of, uh, if I overlaid it with, you know, here's this amazing creature who wants my time and wants to play – like it, I didn't feel like it was responsible to do because of that script. It was so fascinating to listen to because it's totally illogical, but it was there. And yeah. so I like the idea of overlaying it with fun. And it's like, well, what happens if we flip that and put it first and say, you know, if you're not having fun, then all of this other stuff is never going to change. Like it's just never, it's, it, it doesn't matter how, how hard you want to work at it if you're going at it from that real drudgery, like half to enslavement kind of energy, you're not going to shift it anyway. So it's this perpetual cycle, which, you know, we could go in all kinds of conspiracy theories about why <laughs> that is the value in, in keeping us in that cycle. Yeah, but when I stopped, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when I stopped and I was like, wait, take a breath. Like, what happens? Like, you're not going to die if you stop and just play for a minute. Like, so yeah. I, I, that, that concept of fun, I think is so much more um, solid than, you know, than, than, than maybe really serious, you know, seekers might want to give it credit for. I, I think you're onto something. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I think it's learned behavior too. It's, um, you know, as you get, as you grow up and you become a, an adult, you have to be responsible and fun is irresponsible, right? Or, um, you know, it, as it just gets beat out of you just with life and people saying, look, you got to be focused. You got to be, you know, this is hard work. Not everything is, is roses and sunshine and, and all that. And it's true. It's really true. Like there are challenges, like, you know, it's really hard sometimes in life, 
You know, I mean, raising children, (laughs) you want a challenge, (laughs) raise some children. (laughs) You know, I like to say that the single greatest source of joy and pain at the same time in my life. (laughs) And, you know, and, and I'm half joking with it and half not, you know, I mean, they are so precious and wonderful to me and they mean so much to me, but they also challenge me uh, to be a better dad, a better father, a better person, you know, um, they're on a constant daily basis, your children are great at just rubbing off the rough edges, you know? And so it, there are definitely times in life where it's challenging and, and it's not always going to be easy to have a smile on your face, but I can mm. tell you this. Um, I did a, uh, I did an Ironman race, a half Ironman and it's 70.3 miles. It's a triathlon for those of you who don't know. Uh, you're swimming 1.2 miles, you run, you're uh, biking 56 miles, and you're running a half marathon after that. And uh, it's a lot of work, <laughs> to say the least. Now, before I had done this race, I had never ran more than three miles in my life. I had never swam face down ever. I had never ridden a road bike ever in my life. And so the challenge of doing this race was my brother saying, hey, let's do that. And I go, okay, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's try that out, you know, and at 36 or however old I was when I, I did that race, you know, it was painful. Every day was painful. And I, I had, I had no choice. I had to like, I had to work. I had to train. I had to, I had to run and run and run. And I hate running. And, and I learned how to love swimming and, and biking, but the running part always killed me. But in that process, I realized that this is so fun. You know, and I, and even though it was hard and my legs hurt every day and during the race, I felt, you know, so full of pain, (laughs) (laughs) there's photographs of me throughout the race and I'm, I have a smile on my face the whole time Mm. and things are going to be challenging and they're going to be painful, whether you enjoy them or don't enjoy them, whether you enjoy the good parts and ignore the bad parts or not. And, uh, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to be painful. It's still going to be challenging. And you just get a choice. Do you want to enjoy the beauty of it? Or do you want it to take you down? And, um, you know, that's really, that's really the gist of, of bathing everything in fun. Mm, I really love that. I've been playing with a concept very similar here lately. And, and the absolute peace that comes with it is, is remarkable. And, and it's, you know, I have other words for it and, and kind of other processes for it, but it really is the idea that in every moment we get to choose um, for sure our response. And, and, and then once you master that, you can take it beyond that to, to you, you really do get to create kind of what comes next. And, and when you start to wield that power, but it's, um, but it all comes down to exactly what you're talking about. If you're not willing to even entertain that you have a choice in the matter about how you choose to see things, um, how you choose to respond, what energy you want to come from, then, um, then, then you never get to move on. You know, I, I, I talk to a lot of really frustrated people who, you know, they, they, they want to know how to manifest things. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it's money, but it's like, you know, like, you know they want to manifest things. And, and, and when we kind of dive into those conversations, there's always this root element of victimhood. Mm-hmm. You know, being a victim of circumstances, being a victim to... Um, fears or disgruntlement or, or whatever the case may be, the, the anti-fun element. And it's, you know, people are really hesitant to let go of that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, a security blanket in the midst of a storm. It, it really becomes 
um, debilitating for folks when, when you ask them, you know, what happens when you don't have that anymore? If you set that down, who do you get to be beyond that? And, and I think that there are some components there like, wait, what do you mean? And, 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 and you brought it up earlier, like it goes against all of those ideas of, you know, life is hard and you have to work hard at it. And, and, and even in the midst of the challenges, like you said, if you, if you have a smile on your face, you, even, even in the most challenging moments with your children, if you can tap into that connection and be like, wow, you know, even, even in the midst of all of that, I wouldn't change it for the world, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it allows you to kind of open up to that space. And it's not naive. It's not, you know, Pollyanna-ish to, to take that approach. It really is the best shot any of us have to, um, to, to, to be in the midst of that change in a really powerful and, and fun way. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think it, I think there's so many valuable pieces in that. And, and I'd imagine you come up against folks who are like, uh, can't all just be fun. Like it's kind of a fluffy concept, don't you think? Um, I don't, I don't know if you get that, but it's I like, it, it, I <laughs> yeah. feel like that's, it's, it's like, wow, you know, you, I, I don't see it that way. I see it as being a really strong foundation to stand on. It, it really is. And you know, how it came about for me really is, um, I was, well, it's at the beginning of my book. I was living in Hawaii with my smoking hot, amazingly powerful wife. We had three kids. I worked for myself from home. I was the worship pastor at my church, and I was miserable. And that's, that, that's, how, that's where it all started for me. Um, and the key that I discovered was, as I moved forward, I wanted to, you know, I came home from work, or I came home from what I was doing, and I was at the house, and the kids were nagging and, and yelling and whatever else. And, and my wife was just needing help. And so she was needing me, right? And, and I was just tired of being needed. So I chose to try to disengage, right? I wanted to just leave me alone for a minute. Just leave me alone so I can get my thoughts together. You know, give me a second to just kind of sort out what's going on. I need to relax. I need to just calm down. And then I can come back and, ha- and be a part of everybody, right? And so that was my need. I, I felt like that was my need. I wanted to, I needed to disengage. Then I discovered the power of engaging and that if I came home and instead of doing what I thought I needed, which I thought I needed to disengage. Okay. But instead I engaged, I played with the kids for five, 10, 15 minutes. So I got down and played some Legos. You know, I helped my wife with the dishes and, and worked on dinner with her and, and engaged. It took about, 45 minutes of my life and all of a sudden what I thought I needed was to disengage was gone. I was fine. I was happy. I was connected. I had everything that I wanted, even though I thought I needed something different. And, and in the process of that, I think that's where I discovered that this, this whole fun thing is not just a, like you said, a fluffy concept. There is so, it's so important to realize that there is power there is true power for change, true power for growth in this concept of just enjoying the moment that you're in. You know, I didn't have to drag with me all of the stresses and strains, the financial pressure I was under at the time and, you know, the issues I was having at work. I didn't have to drag those home with me because I had people that were there that were ready to receive me. And when I chose to engage in that part of my life, all of a sudden, everything else just kind of disappeared and, and, and disintegrated and went away. And now I was free 
to really see the truth of what was going on. My kids weren't nagging at me. They wanted me. They wanted dad. They were loving on me. My wife wasn't needing me. She was wanting me, you know, and there's a huge difference between being needed and being wanted. And, and all of a sudden now my heart was full of love and life and freedom and peace and joy just from simply learning how to receive people where they're at. Mm, I love that. It's so absolutely perfect. I think that's a great note to end this on. I, I love everything about it and the connection. And, and, and at, the, at the bottom of all of that is that really strong pillar of, you know, when we meet each other in love, it's it, magic happens every time. And sometimes it takes a little bit of courage. Um, so, so absolute kudos to you and, and promoting this concept of fun because at the heart of it, I think you've tapped into something extremely powerful. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. I always love chatting with you. Oh, very cool. Well, I know our listeners are going to want to find out more about you. Where can they go? Yeah, you can just pop on over to ryan8.com. That's R-Y-A-N and the number 8.com. Uh, you get to my website and I've got all kinds of links on there. If you'd like to get a copy of my book, just go to ryan8.com slash fun. And there will be a link there to um, both of my books. So Awesome. Well, very cool. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. I, please, you know, let us know how we can continue to support you. Um, I think you're doing magical things in the world and uh, we'd we like to know that you're out there making change. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks again for having me and uh, just remember, have fun. Absolutely. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty and until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.